I was uh, doing a study recently in uh, Revelation 11. I've always been fascinated by the, the two witnesses, uh, the, what, what they might be doing, what that, when they, you know, obviously they, they come on the scene uh, during the final three and a half years. But uh, I was reading that, oh, it was two or three weeks ago and going through that and finding uh, the, the statements about the, the olive trees and the... Uh, the lamp stands and all that. And so I was, I was thinking about going into uh, a discussion of that and, and up, updating everybody on that little piece of prophecy and the implications that that may have. But, but in doing so, I, I was struck by a statement that I, a word that was used that I had never really thought about before. And some of you may think, well, well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think of that. I, I've thought of that. I've already worked through and studied that. I, I hadn't. Uh, I, in my, in my study of the Bible, as I strive to understand God's word, you've heard me say this before, but so many times I am intrigued by the way in which God covers certain concepts from the beginning to the end, these threads that his word has, these threads of scripture. And we, we've talked about them before, the, the thread of the tree of life, how you see that at the beginning, you see that at the end, uh, which is the new beginning. The light versus darkness, uh, that, that thread that runs throughout the whole Bible. The plan of God, the holy days that representing the plan of God, the thread and how that plays out. All the different implications of various threads, give versus get, uh, Mr. Armstrong often talked about that, and, and to see how the thread of, of the give way of life versus the get way of life, how that thread runs through the entirety of the Bible. Well, I, I discovered a, a, a new thread for me, and it may not be for you, but it was a new thread for me, and I'd like to talk about that thread today. I'd actually like to talk about that in two messages. So I plan to give the second part in January 1st. The good news for you is that I, I quit when I need to quit uh, because I've got another time to, to give it. But I'd like to discuss this thread, and, and it's, it's a thread that is tied directly to the gospel. You know, Mr. Mr. Franks, in this update, as, as we just discussed, talked about how the, the budget has, has been such that we're, we're able to, or decisions were made to allocate an extra 30% to, to preaching the gospel. Uh, and and the, as, as the church obviously realizes, it's, it's part in that, it's responsibility uh, in that, it's accountability before God to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. Well, this, this subject, this thread we'll discuss today, is, represents a part of that gospel. It's a part of that gospel that I believe uh, runs throughout the entirety of the Bible. What, what are we, we getting at? Let's, let's go to Revelation 11 and look at, at, at uh, what, what jumped out at me, and it's, it's, it's right there, but it, it jumped out at me as I, as I read, read this. We'll start in verse 3. We'll break into the thought here of this three-and-a-half-year period that uh, is given to the Gentiles to, to trample uh, the, uh, the out, outside the temple uh, that's been given to the Gentiles to tread the holy city underfoot for 42 months, this three-and-a-half-year period. Okay, so let's, let's go to verse 3 now. I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy, here's that same number, 1,260 days. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. As I mentioned, we'll get to that at a later message down the line. If anyone wants to harm these two individuals, fire proceeds from their mouths and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in the same manner. These two individuals have power to shut up heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. Now that's this interesting word there in their days in the days of their prophecy, you know, 
I think most of us are aware of this. We've talked about this, of the implications of that. It can, it can be one of, of prophetic utterances of what is to happen, a, a foretelling of something, but, but this can also reference this, this teaching forth of the saying of, sayings of God's, the, the prophesying, the, the preaching of, of God's word, the preaching forth of the sayings of God. During the time that they're doing that, uh, uh, in the days of their prophecy, they have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. The, the term I want to address today is this subject of a witness. Uh, these, these two witnesses are doing something. What, what are they doing? Well, the, the witnesses are, are witnesses of something and they, they witness to, to the world at that time. The term uh, witness, uh, in, this, in this case, comes from the Greek word martus, M-A-R-T-U-S. What, what, what word does that uh, connect with in the English language? Uh, martyr. It's the, same, it's the same term, uh, or pulls from that same term. As, as Strong's brings uh, out by analogy, a, a martyr, a, a record, bearing record of, or, or a witness, they, they bear record of something. They, they, they have witnessed something and, and bear, bear record of that. Vines, in talking about uh, this, this word, uh, martus, uh, gives a, a couple of definitions. Uh, one who bears witness by his death uh, bears witness of, of what he believes and, and who and what he is by the death that he, that he offers or, or that he gives up his life uh, in, in service for that. And, and through that, it bears witness of this person's beliefs and, and, uh, and where this person stood with his, with his belief and, and representation of what he understood God to be doing in life. But, but secondly, it, it also denotes one who can or does state or assert what he's seen, what he's heard, or what he knows. What he or she's seen, what he or she has heard, or what she, he or she knows. What are these guys witnessing? They, 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 are, they, are, they will prophesy. They're, 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 during the time of their, their prophecy, they will be preaching under the inspiration of God's Spirit. When we think about this, this term, uh, witness, what, what witness are, are we to bear? We'll get to that here in, in just a bit. But when we think about the kingdom of God, what scripture comes to mind and the gospel of the kingdom of God with respect to witness? Does, does, does anything connect there? Well, I think for most of us, there's that memory scripture, Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached as, as a witness. It, 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 the gospel of the kingdom itself is preached, and it's, it's done for a reason. It's preached as a witness. It's, it's preached to bear record of, to give testimony of this this. Uh, as a witness to, all, to give, give that to all the nations so that they have been told, so that they have been able to, to see or at least given what the individuals who are preaching that gospel have seen or have witnessed. It's, it's preached as a witness or as, as a record of, hey, this is here before you. We have told you this. Uh, and then the end shall come. These two individuals will ultimately be bearing witness, testimony, record, martyrios, and they will ultimately be martyred for that witness, won't they? It says at the end, they're, they, they're martyred. The, the witnesses through their martyrio uh, are martyred, and the world celebrates. And then three and a half uh, days later, they're raised up. They're raised up and brought up into the clouds. We've sometimes conjectured, uh, could that be the same time at which, which all of those who are being raised in the first resurrection are being raised up to meet, 
to meet Christ in the air. But, but they, through their, through their testimony, through their witness, testimony is another word that has that martus, marturio, martyrion, all those, those different words surrounding this witness term, uh, their, their actions themselves create a witness for all the world to see what has happened. So, so I want to ask some questions today. What emphasis does God place in this area? Uh, that of being a witness. Is there, is there an action involved with that? Is, are we, at God's people today, are we to bear witness of anything? Uh, and if so, or could we, could we even bear witness? Can we, is it even possible for us here 2,000 years after, you know, some 2,000 years after the death of Christ, is it possible for us to bear witness? And, and, and should we bear witness? Is that our responsibility? But if so, what kind of witnesses should we bear? And uh, what kind of witnesses are we bearing? I think it's a beautiful thread. I, I would like to address this. It's, it's more of a Bible study today, but try to stay focused uh, as we go through the afternoon here and, and take, a, take a look at this, what I think is a, a beautiful thread that God takes us through on understanding this, this concept as we scratch the surface today and then uh, get to the conclusion next time. Let's start with ancient Israel. Let's go to uh, uh, number 17. Number 17. You, uh, to set the stage for, for number 17, we've had Korah's rebellion, Dathan and Abiram joined in, and they, you know, Moses, Aaron, Aaron, you know, you guys are taking on way too much. You know, does God put you in this position only? Or is, that, is this your job only? Come on now, uh, be reasonable. Are we not other Levites? Can we not do this? And then we know what happened. They, they separated, and, and Moses said, God will show whom he, uh, through whom he is working. And he definitely showed through whom he was not working as the earth swallowed them and uh, all of their belongings. And then we come to the next statement. And, and right after that, Israel starts complaining again. Uh, uh, you know, so here, this, this huge number of, of people, a fairly sizable number of people have been devoured and, and, and killed for their rebelliousness. And, and then it says in Numbers, uh, let's see, on number, number 16, verse 41, on the next day, all the congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron again, saying, you've killed the people of the Lord. You're just killing people uh, right and left. So... Uh, God said to Moses, get away from among this congregation that I may just consume them in a moment. So here they, Moses and Aaron fell on their faces and asked God for mercy in this respect. And God gives it. But this is what God does. Let's go to number 17, verse 1. So we're thinking about this subject of witnesses today. What witness do we bear? The title uh, today. What witness do we bear Part 1, uh, verse 1 of chapter 17. So the Eternal spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and get from them a rod from each father's house. All of their leaders, according to the, their father's houses, twelve rods. We've got the twelve, the, the twelve tribes. Write each man's name on his rod, and you shall write Aaron's name on the rod of Levi. Aaron was a Levite. Uh, so for, for there shall be one rod for the head of each father's house. So then you shall place them in the tabernacle of meeting before the testimony. Okay, so the testimony, you've got the tablets of the testimony. Those are the, 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 two, the two tablets of the testimony. He's talking about bringing, bringing this rod in there. And, and, and again, we've got this term testimony that are, are the, the sayings of God, the, the record, bearing record, bearing witness as Moses brought that down, bearing witness of what God said, this is what you, to do, you are to do. Uh, here are, this is evidence of this. God, uh, you know, written with the finger of God. So you, you place, I want you to place these now in the tabernacle of meeting before the tes testimony where I, where I meet with you. And it shall be that the rod of the man whom I choose will blossom. Uh, thus I will rid myself of the complaints against the children of Israel which they make against you. So Moses spoke to the children of Israel, and each of their leaders gave him a rod apiece. For each leader, according to their father's houses, twelve rods, and the rod of Aaron was among these rods. Verse 7, Moses placed the rods before 
the Lord. And notice what the New King James says there. I I never noticed this before. Uh, Moses placed the rods before the eternal in the tabernacle of witness. The the tabernacle of witness. It it was there to show, to demonstrate in in a physical sense for the, the, the people of Israel at that time, this is, where, this is where God comes down and meets with, uh, with man. This is where he comes down in that tabernacle. And this is a witness to you of, of what's going on here. This is, this is bearing record of this. So he, he says, uh, he put it in this tabernacle of witness. Verse 8, now it came to pass on the next day that Moses went into the tabernacle of witness And behold, the rod of Aaron, uh, the house of Levi, had sprouted and put forth buds and produced blossoms and yielded ripe almonds. Verse 9, then Moses brought out the rods before, uh, before the Lord to all the children of Israel, and they looked, and each man took his rod. And the Lord said to Moses, bring Aaron's rod back before the testimony, back before this, where, this, this tabernacle of witness, back where, before the testimony where, where the, the tablets of the testimony are. And this is kept there as a sign against the rebels. This is another indication. This is witness to, to all of you that I, God the Father, that, that I, Yahweh, here in this case it would have been Jesus Christ interacting with, uh, with Moses, that I am and backing Aaron. This is witness. This is evidence. This is record. This bears record uh, that, that this, is, this is the way I'm doing things. That you may put their complaints away from me lest they die. So that's what he did. Let's look at another passage uh, speaking to this, this aspect of, of witness. Remember, remember uh, let, let's go over to Deuteronomy. Uh, remember we talked uh, earlier about this definition, uh, one who bears witness by his death or, or it denotes one who can or does state or assert what he has seen, what he has heard, or what he, is, or what he knows. And in some cases it can be all three. So let's go to Deuteronomy 11. Deuteronomy 11 in, in some ways parallels Deuteronomy 6 of the love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and then, and then teach these, these teachings, these ways to your children in every aspect of life. But the way that Deuteronomy 11 covers it is, is, is different. It's different uh, with, an, with an emphasis that speaks to the witness, the witness. Now, as we read this, with whom is he talking here? They're, they're poised to go into the land of Canaan. All of those who didn't believe that God would spare them and said, you know, in fact, let's stone Joshua, let's stone Caleb, let's stone Moses, let's stone them because they're, they're saying we can go up and take this land. We're, we're going to be meat or bread for the, the people of the land of Canaan when we go in as they trample us like grasshoppers. Uh, God said, just as you said, I will send your children in and you're going to die out here because you didn't believe me. You didn't believe me. You didn't trust in me that I would do what I said. So the individuals who are alive are those who were 20 and under or just under 20 at that time uh, when Israel rebelled against God and refused to go into the land and wanted to stone uh, their leaders. So think of who these these people are, with whom he's talking here. He's talking about the ones who were kids. Many of these folks were were old enough to, as as they went through, uh, as they left Egypt, as they went through the Red Sea, they they came to that point, and and many were were very much aware, obviously uh, old enough, under 20, you think of, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. It's pretty serious. You, you could grasp the fact if God says, your parents are not going in, you're under 20, you're going to get to go in. Uh, it's going to happen in 40 years, but it's going to happen and you're going to get to get to go in. So you went through all of that and experienced all of that. And here it is finally now coalescing. And, and uh, in this case, here he is, he's talking to them. Therefore, uh, Deuteronomy 11, verse 1, Therefore, he says 
to these individuals. You shall love the Lord your God, keep his charge, his statutes, his judgments, and his commandments always. And then I love this statement here. He says, know today that I'm not speaking with your children. I'm not speaking to them. I'm not speaking to them. I, the, the ones who have not known and who have not seen, have not seen, they have not witnessed, have not seen the chastening of the eternal your God, uh, his greatness and his mighty hand and his outstretched arms. He's saying, you folks, your, your little kids haven't seen that. It's been 40 years, but you've seen it. You've seen it, you've experienced it, and here you are now. Look what he says. Uh, his signs, verse 3, his acts, which he did in the midst of Egypt, to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and to all his land. You were there, you saw that. What, what, did he, what he did to the army of Egypt, to their horses, their chariots, how he made the waters of the Red Sea overflow them as they pursued you, and how the Eternal has destroyed them to this day. What he did for you in the wilderness uh, until you came to this place. Remember what he did to Dathan and Abiram, sons of Eliab, the son of Reuben, how the earth opened up and swallowed them up, their household, their tents, all that was in their, their possessions in the midst of Israel. But he says in verse 7, your eyes have seen every great act of the eternal which he did. You were witnesses of it. You witnessed it. You watched that. You saw that. And with that comes an accountability. I am not talking to your children. He says, I am talking to you because you experienced it you saw it and you recognized it therefore you shall keep every commandment which I command you today that you may be strong and go in and possess the land which you cross over to possess and that you may prolong your days in the land which the eternal your God swore to give your fathers to them and their descendants a land flowing with milk and honey we read that and we think of the spiritual parallel for us uh, what have we seen? What have we heard? What do we know? What have we witnessed spiritually that we must pass on to our children? Because in a sense, he's saying, I'm not speaking to the children. I'm speaking to the parents to teach their children. Not that God's not working with children. But it, it, it stresses the incredible accountability that, that God places on the family unit. The, the incredible uh, responsibility that he places on parents to, to, to help their children see what their parents have witnessed. In this case, it was the direct witness of seeing all these events that happened in their lives. Are, you know, are, are you going to pass this on? He's saying to them there. Verse 19, he says, uh, you know, not only, verse 18, are we to lay up these words in our heart and in our soul, uh, but he says, you shall teach them to your children. Help them catch the vision of what you have witnessed. Help them experience that. Uh, speaking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise up, and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land which the eternal swore to your fathers to give them, like the days of the heaven above the earth. For if you carefully keep all these commandments which I command you to do, to love the eternal your God, to walk in his ways, and to hold fast to him, and then, then the Lord will drive out all these nations from before you, as, as he promised to do. We see that in our lives today. As we walk in God's way, God will drive out, drive out, uh, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. God drives that out from us. And we have a huge accountability as, as parents to teach that in what we've witnessed in our lives. But this, this, this is an, an aspect of, of this witness, uh, the, these two aspects actually, of, of what was worked with, with with ancient Israel. Let's jump ahead now. Let's, let's go to the book of John. Let's go to the book of John. I think this is a memory scripture for our FI students, John 1, 1 through 3. I think we, I think most, most everybody is, is, is familiar with that passage of, of the existence of the word that was that goes all the way back he's part of the God family uh, in him was life and his life was the light of men as we see in in verse verse 4 of chapter 1 
another thread as we talk, the life versus death, light versus darkness. Let's continue here now, and let's read in verse, verse 4 as we look at witness. Acts 1, verse 4, because we come to a next stage of, of witnessing here, another, another thread. I'm jumping through a lot, but, but I'm jumping to another thread here prior to the arrival of the ministry of Jesus Christ. John 1, verse 4, we just read that. Let's read now verse 5. And the light shines in the darkness, and the do- darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God. This is what John the Apostle is writing here. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, speaking of John the Baptist. This man came for a witness. His job was to bear witness of the light uh, that all through him might believe. He had a responsibility to to teach and, and, and to teach what he had witnessed, what he had seen, what he had experienced uh, visually, experientially, and everything of being there physically at that time uh, at this critical juncture in, uh, in the, the story flow of, of the plan of mankind. It says, he was not that light. John the Baptist was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him, speaking of Jesus Christ. He came to his own, and his own didn't receive him, John says as he writes, as he writes this later in, in 90s AD, uh, that the world didn't, didn't receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. These individuals who were born not of blood nor of the will of flesh nor of the will of man, but born of God, engendered of God by the power of the Holy Spirit, awaiting the, the, the birth as a, as a spirit being, as 1 John 3 talks about. So verse 14 now, and the word became flesh. This word, he became flesh. He dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 15, John the Baptist, he bore witness of this individual and cried out saying, folks, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Uh, speaking of the, the, the ever-existence of Jesus Christ back, all the way back to the beginning, which has no beginning. Verse 16, And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. Now let's look at verse 19. 19, I think that's right. Let me double check. Yeah. Verse 19 Now, he says, this is the testimony of John. Here's that word, the, the, the martyrion, uh, all the different words of the witness. This, this is the witness of God. This is the record of John, of what John said. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, you know, John, who are you? He, he, he confessed and did not deny, but he confessed, I am not the anointed one. I'm not the Christ. I am not that individual. Well, they asked him, well, well what then are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? Are you the one that back in Deuteronomy when it talks about that in the scriptures about the prophet to come? Are, are, you, that, are you that? He said, no, I'm not that. Then they said to him, well, well who are you that, that we may give an answer to, to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? He said, I'm the, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. I'm the one who's saying, make straight the way of the Lord. He's coming. Make, prepare for that. Here, here he's, he's coming. Now let's look at verse 29. Verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus. Jesus was coming toward him. And John the Baptist. And, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. This is that individual, the one who takes away the sin of the world. This is, this is the one of whom I said, After me comes a man who's preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him. Uh, but, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. John bore witness. He bore witness saying, I saw the Spirit, God's Holy Spirit. I saw that descending from heaven like a dove and it remained on him. I saw it with my own eyes. I watched that. It happened. 
He was given that ability to see that, and he knew that it was his responsibility to proclaim that, and he did that gladly. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. This is that individual. And I've seen and I've testified. I've borne witness to that. I've continued to state that, that this is the Son of God. John carried on that, that witness. Now let's go uh, to the time when Jesus Christ is resurrected. He, he died. He spent three days and three nights in the grave. Let's go to the end of the book of Luke as we see a proclamation that, that Jesus Christ makes, or not proclamation, but a, a, a command. Uh, it builds toward, toward a command uh, based on something. Let's look at it here. Luke 24 Luke 24, so John proclaimed him, he came, he lived, he died, he was resurrected, and then now he's interacting with the apostles before God gives his Holy Spirit to them uh, on, the, on the day of Pentecost, uh, not long after. Luke 24, verse 44, Luke 24, verse 44, so he said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all of these things must be fulfilled, these things that are written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. I, I, I talked about all of these when I was with you. And then he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. He began to open their eyes so that they could see, that they could begin to witness Oh, yeah, this is what you were talking about before. Okay, now, now I'm getting it. And, and it took Jesus Christ opening their eyes to see that, uh, as, as it does for us. Verse 46, then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Messiah, the Christ, to suffer and to rise from, from the dead the third day. It had to happen that way. And from that, he said, and that repentance and remission, forgiveness of sins, should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. This is what you're to do. You're, you're to go out and proclaim all of that. Notice verse 48. And you are witnesses of these things. You have seen it. You've been here with me. You're interacting with me. We've eaten, we've eaten some food together. You've touched me. You've felt me. You know that I'm here. You witnessed all this. And now you're understanding what Scripture has talked about all the way through. You are witnesses of that. And with that comes a huge blessing and a huge responsibility. For God to give that to you, for me to give this to you, this wonderful information of, of who I am and what the whole purpose of mankind is and what my whole purpose is to bring mankind to that has been given to you. You've witnessed it. What are you going to do with it? Get out there and get after it, he's saying. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with the power from on high. Look at Acts 1. Acts 1 as we continue this thread. So uh, another bit here of Jesus Christ's interaction with them before he's taken up into the air. Acts 1 verse 4. Acts 1 verse 4. And being assembled together with them. So he's, he's died. He's, res he's been resurrected. He's interacting with them. He's not yet gone up to the Father. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem as we just read in Luke. But to wait for the promise of the Father. Uh, which he said, you have heard from me. You've heard this. Remember we talked about the witnessing. What it denotes what one has seen or heard or known. You, you've heard this from me. For John, verse 5, truly baptized with water. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. This, this process of the baptism of water, the burial of the self, the resurrected as Christ was resurrected from the watery grave, uh, being cleansed uh, in, in, in God's view of, of us, and then receiving the essence of God himself by his placing his power, his essence in us. You're going to be baptized with that not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked, so, saying, so is this when you're going to restore the kingdom to, to, uh, to Israel and all that? Is that when this is going to happen as well? He said to them, it's not for you to know times or season which the Father has put in his own authority. It's, it's not for you to know that. 
But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be martus. You shall be witnesses. You shall be witnesses of that. You will have experienced it, and, and you, as witnesses of it, you've been witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Take this out to the entire world. This, this gospel of, of who and what Jesus Christ was and this gospel of the kingdom of God as a witness. You're, you're going to do this. Verse 1, as he, as he says this, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he presented himself alive after his suffering by many, many infallible proofs, being seen by them 40 days. So he's getting back again to this thing as, as Luke is, is giving this account. These individuals saw it all. They witnessed it, witnessed all of it, and not only did they witness what happened to Jesus Christ and, and seeing him ascend up into heaven and, and saying what he said, uh, but, but also this essence of the end of verse 3 uh, of what Jesus Christ taught and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. That, is, that was part of that, that witness that they experienced, that they would continue to carry on. So Peter, when, when, when the day of Pentecost comes and, and God's spirit miracul miraculously comes down on these individuals, then they begin teaching in these different languages to where people from all over who had come in for the, that, that, uh, that holy day season could hear God's word being taught in their own languages, were amazed at these, these hillbillies from Galilee that could do this. How do they do this? Are these guys drunk? Are they, what, are they, what are they doing? And he's saying, no, we're, we're, not, we're not that at all. It's not, uh, we're not full of new wine. And Peter says this then in verse 30. Men and brethren, let me freely speak to you uh, of the patriarch David. This is verse 29. He's dead and buried. Uh, and, and his tomb is with us today. But therefore, being a prophet, David was a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his own body, the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ. He would raise up the Messiah, the anointed one, to sit on his throne. David, foreseeing this, verse 31, concerning the resurrection of, of Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, he was not left in the grave, Christ wasn't, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus, this, this, uh, this, this being, God, Theos, the supreme divinity, God, this being, Jesus, God then raised this being up of which we are all witnesses. We saw it, we experienced it, we, we, we saw him after he died and after he, after he was raised up. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out all of this, which you now see and hear. David didn't ascend into the heavens, but he, but he says himself, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. And, and the story goes on then. We see as the, as the church then begins and, and, and develops and, and goes forward. So it was critical for the disciples who became the apostles. It was critical in Christ's instruction for them to, to as they witnessed those things, as they were to be witnesses, they were also to witness, to, to talk about that as part of the gospel message. Let's now jump forward to the 90s AD where John is writing to them in 1 John. You know, you think, think about that time, and I know, I know we have uh, on many times, but it is, it is fascinating when we think about okay you got Paul that's writing in the 50s and in the early 60s uh, AD and then we come into the the period where John the last of the apostles that's still alive uh, has seen so many get martyred he's seen the other apostles get martyred he appears to be the last living apostle left 
And then he's got the church. He's got the church to, to whom he's writing and talking with them about things. And he realizes, hey, my time is coming. I, I'm, I'm really old now. It's been 60 plus years since the death of Jesus Christ. 60 plus years since I saw him go up into the heavens to be with God the Father. And I know he is there. He I was there with him. My head was, was resting on his bosom the night that he was talking about getting ready to be sacrificed. I was there. And so many that have come and gone have, uh, are, uh, are gone. And, and, and who, who is left? How, how, many, how many would John have had there as part of the church who would have remembered those events? Those individuals would have had to have been, you know, in there if they were old enough to remember. What would say they were ten? Uh, say they were ten years old. So that would be sixty, seventy. So say they would be seventy years old. How many of these people were still even alive? So John, what's on John's mind? John's mind is: I was an eyewitness of this. I've got to convey that this really happened, that this being is who he was and who he is and who he will be. I was there. Believe it. Believe it. Accept my witness that I say to you. Verse 1 of chapter 1, that which was from the beginning, that which we've heard, that which we've seen with our eyes, which we've witnessed, that which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life, concerning Jesus Christ, the word of life. That's who he is. The life was manifested and we have seen. And, and he still to this day, you know, here he is, as, as old as he is there. How old would he have been? Would he have, been in his, would he have also been in his 30s? If he would have been in his 30s uh, when Christ died, he would have been in his 90s then. Uh, I, I don't know what his age uh, would have been. We can, we can conjecture. But he says... We, we have seen this. We, I bear witness of that. I declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and which was manifested to us. Now, we, we, we always talk about some of the background there that you've got the, the Gnostics that say, well, you know, Jesus Christ really wasn't uh, you know, flesh and blood and this and that. And so some of those things may have been going on. But I submit that I, I, to you that I believe he is just wanting to, to like, like, they're trying to get to Israel, say, listen, listen, you went through this. Teach this to your children. You saw it. You experienced. You witnessed it. You have an accountability, accountability to pass this on to the next generation. You must do that. You must help them see that. John feels that as, as he's nearing his life, as he's trying to get them to understand uh, through the book of 1 John how important this way of life is that they must follow. It's the only way to true life. It's the only way to true love. It's the only way to understanding what it is to be with God for eternity. So he's, he's going, going through this and says, I, I was there, I experienced that we've handled the word of life. This life was manifest and we have seen, we bear witness and we declare to you, we declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. Verse 3, that we have seen and we heard, that which we have seen, what we have heard, we declare to you that you may also have fellowship uh, with us and truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son jesus christ these things we write to you that your joy may be full what was on peter's mind what was on peter's mind we look at first peter 5 1 i'll, I'll turn there first peter 5 1 he talks about the elders who are among you i i, I exhort you know, fires them up do this he said i i who am a fellow elder i who am a witness of the sufferings of jesus christ peter was peter was the one whom Christ said, you're going to be taken where you don't want to go, uh, foretelling of Peter's martyrdom, his witness, his witness through death. He knew that as he wrote that, and what's he telling uh, in, in his, what is he telling them in his? Listen, I saw him. I was a fellow witness uh, I was a witness of the sufferings of Christ. I saw Jesus Christ suffer. And also, as we see in 1 Peter 2, he says, this thing of as we suffer, we understand the sufferings of Christ. We understand that is a way of life for us. I, through that witness of seeing that and experiencing that, I began to realize why I must suffer. 
And I'm passing that on to you in 1 Peter 2, and we, which we cover at Passover every year. And, and he's conveying to the elders, this, this is critical with respect to understanding this witness. Because he says, witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. He says to them, shepherd the flock of God. Shepherd them. Uh, shepherd them. Care for them. Look after them. And by extension, help them to grasp this thing that he witnessed. Help them to experience that in, 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 in that witness of coming to where they understand that witness. I'm getting ahead of myself because that's what we'll get to next. Uh, okay, so... We, we have the apostles. Now, this is probably kind of out of sequence, but it's also a, a factor in this. Uh, we speak of, of Jesus Christ, the, the witness that he was. Let's go to Revelation 1. Some of you are ahead of me on this, as you know, uh, this statement of Jesus Christ, uh, of, about Jesus Christ, and an appositive, I think the word is, an appositive of Jesus Christ. Uh, so uh, let's read uh, verse one through three, verses one through three initially here with Jesus Christ. The re- here, the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to Jesus to show his servants, those uh, of, of whom we are, uh, we are of that group as well, to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John. Okay. Uh, John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ. He, he witnessed that to, to God's word, and he, he also witnessed uh, this testimony, again, these, these terms here, all these martyria, mart, mart, martus, martyrion, martyria, all these different terms, uh, and the testimony of Jesus Christ, of, of what he said, to all the things that he saw, the things that I saw, the things that I heard, and the things that I know. He says, blessed is he who reads and, and, and those who hear the words of the prophecy and those who keep the things which are written in it, for the time is near. It means nothing if we know these things. It means nothing if we hear these things. It means nothing on either account if we do not keep these things. We know that. We understand that. We see the world in confusion, and we say we have this knowledge and we appreciate it. But he, again, reiterates here, it, it means nothing. Well, he doesn't reiterate it here, but we know this. Blessed is he if we have all three. We've got to have all three to, to read, to hear, and to keep those things. For the time is near. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, verse 4, grace to you and peace from him, which I think we understand here to be God, uh, God the Father, and peace from God the Father who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, uh, reference uh, to other passages that describe that in the book of Revelation, won't go there, and from also not only grace to you and peace from, from God the Father, but also grace to you and peace from Jesus Christ. This individual who is the faithful witness. He is the faithful witness. He has completely witnessed uh, who and what uh, God is and, and the plan of God, all that he's been faithful in all of, of the, the teachings and the sayings of, of what is true and right. Uh, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of, over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our own sins, uh, from our sins in his own blood. This individual has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Uh, Amen. So he speaks to this incredible individual that that then John says in verse 9, I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the island that is called Patmos, and and I was there for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. He 
had the, the record, the teachings, the sayings, all of Jesus Christ, uh, those, those things. He, he was there in that situation be, because of what, of what he had done. And, and he was there to, to teach and, and, and put forth this information now. Uh, as, as we see that term testimony, another, another term there in the mar- Martyria uh, family. So understanding that, let's look to how Jesus Christ was the faithful witness. Let's go to John 10 as we look at this thread. John 10. John 10, verse 22. John 10, verse 22. So Hanukkah, the Feast of Dedication, uh, uh, was, was, uh, it was during that time, as verse 22 says. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. So the Jews surrounded him and said to him, So how long do you keep us in doubt? If you're the Christ, tell us plainly. Just tell us. Jesus answered them. He said, I told you and you don't believe the works that I do in my father's name, the works that I do in my father's name, they bear witness of me. Very important for for him, just as the works uh, of of Jesus Christ, of what he did uh, in his father's name, bore witness of who he was by extension, the works that we do in our Father's name, bear witness of who we are. We are the children of God. And the works that we do, as long as they are in our Father's name, as they are done in accordance with God's word and in his way, bear witness of the Father. You know, Mr. Vaughn was talking about that daily, uh, daily sacrifices, the, the the Romans 12 thing. Well, all that we do uh, is connected to the body of Christ. We're bearing witness of Jesus Christ. We're bearing witness of the Father by all that we do. As Christ said, what the works uh, that, that he did in his Father's name, they bear witness of who he was. But he says, if you do not believe, but you don't believe, verse 26, because you're, you're not of my sheep. As I said to you, my my sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. And I give them eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. They've been given the down payment of eternal life. They have eternal life, and I will raise them up in the last day, as as John 6 says. That, that, That essence is put in them that is the down payment of eternal life. Their names have been written in the book of life. Uh, So he says here that... uh, that, that that is the case. Uh, verse 29, my father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. Jesus bore witness of who he was as he did everything that he did in, within the Father's authority and what the Father wanted him to do. That's where his focus was. And through that, he bore witness of who he was by, his, by being the faithful witness to God and, and before all of mankind. Uh, let's look here at, at John 5. John 5. John 5 is a passage that we typically refer, to which we typically refer, refer as we get into the, uh, the eighth day and the, the, the resurrection that happens after the thousand years are, are completed and all that goes into that, that, that wonderful time that that will be. Let's pick it up here in verse 31, John 5 verse 31. It, this, this is something for us to consider as Jesus Christ, who was the faithful witness. This is how he witnessed. This is how he went about his life. He said, if I bear witness of myself, Jesus Christ is saying this, well, my witness is not true. There is another who bears witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. Speaking of, of God the Father himself, I believe here. Uh, verse 33, you, you have sent to John, 
speaking of John the Baptist, you've sent to John, and he's borne witness to the truth, yet, yet I do not receive this, this record. I, I do not receive the testimony from man, Jesus Christ says, but I say these things that you may be saved. He was the burning and shining lamp, and you were willing uh, for a time to rejoice in his light, but he says in, in this case, I have a greater witness than John's. For the works which the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I do, they bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. And the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. He's, he's witnessed of me. He's borne record of me. You've never seen, never, neither heard his voice at any time or seen his, his form. But you don't have his word abiding in you because whom he sent uh, him you do not believe. You search the scriptures and think you have eternal life in that. The, the very words that, that bear witness, that martyrio, that bear record of, of who I am, but you're not willing to come to me that you may have life. I don't receive honor from men. He's come in his Father's name. This, this is this being, Jesus Christ. He witnessed by fulfilling his Father's will in every aspect. Okay, the last part that we're just going to touch on, just to kind of wet our, uh, wet our appetites a bit for what we'll cover in the next message, in terms of this thread, is playing this out to God's people. Uh, what, what is our role as, can we even be witnesses? Can we, what, what can we witness? What have we witnessed? What can we witness? And, and, and how are we to witness uh, or bear record of these things uh, in, in terms of going forward. I think one of, the, one of the, the keys rests with John 20, verse 19. John 20, verse 19. It speaks to the whole situation, as, as we know the story, of, of Thomas. Christ has been resurrected at this point. He is interacting with them. He's, uh, he's spent time with them uh, very briefly. Notice what he says here in verse 19. So then, uh, John 20, 19, So then the same day at evening, beginning the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, well, Jesus then came to him. Well, he, he, had, he had died. Uh, and, and, and here, after this time, Jesus presents himself to them. And he stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. You know, John touched him. He touched him. <laughs> he touched him while he was flesh and blood. He touched him when, after his resurrection. He, he, he was there. He saw all that. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I'm also sending you. You, you who have witnessed all of this, uh, I'm adding. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, we understand that passage uh, not to mean that they received the Holy Spirit at that time. It was, uh, it was, it was more of a foreshadowing of what would happen. Uh, in, in a sense, more of a physical thing that he did, showing them that the Holy Spirit was going to come here on, on, on the, the, the Feast of Pentecost. The, the Holy Spirit was going to come on them and in them as wind, so he breathed on them as that wind, a, a significant act to represent the nature of what would come uh, on them as well as its source uh, from, from which it was coming. But he, but he said, breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them, and if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Thomas, called the twin, one of them was not with them when Jesus came, and, and the other disciples therefore said to him, well, we've, seen, we've seen the Lord. He said to them, unless I see, I want to see it. I've got to witness this. I've got to see in his hands. I've got to see the print of the nails. I've got to put my finger into the print of the nails, and I've got to put my hand into his side. If I don't see that, how can I witness that? I will not believe. I must see it myself. Eight days later, his disciples were once again inside, Thomas with him, and Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and again said, Peace to you. So he said, Thomas, hey, Thomas, Thomas, reach out, reach over here, put your finger here. Look, look at my hands. Reach out your hand here. Put it, put it on my side, Thomas. Put it, put it right there. Don't be unbelieving, but believing. Thomas said, Lord, my Lord and my God. 
Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen, because you have, because Thomas, you have witnessed this, you've seen this with your own eyes, he says, you have believed. Blessed or happy are those who have not seen and yet have believed. What, what he's getting at here is, as, as you know this passage, uh, he's getting at, at, at the situation that you and I experience. We have not seen Jesus Christ but we have witnessed him, haven't we? We've witnessed his involvement in our life, we've, our lives. We've witnessed his involvement in, in the affairs of mankind. We've seen his guidance over the church. We've seen his patience in our lives. We've seen his mercy. We've seen his correction in our lives. We are the, the Israelites that have left Egypt that are circumcised in the foreskin of our hearts to have witnessed the impact of his life, and, and as a result of that, we are to carry that on to the next generation. That's, that's what John was all about as John was ending his life. As we know, truly, Jesus did many, many other things. Okay, now let's go to, let's stop. Let's stop. I, I, I have two more things that I want to cover that speak to this. We'll stop right there. And uh, we'll get, uh, we'll pick it up from there uh, on January 1st as we begin to see a tie-in. If you want to do a little, little, little research, take a look at Revelation 19, 5 through 10, where we'll pick up next time, that, that talks about the, the group that is the bride of Christ. And see if you can connect that with this whole discussion of the witness. Okay, part two, January 1. Have a great week, everybody.